0: Well, welcome to Spreaker Live Show, episode number five for July 1st, 2015. My name is Rob Greenlee, and I'm the head of content at Spreaker. And I have a great guy that's joining me on the show this week. Uh, He's using Skype, which is the same thing I use every week. A little boring Skype. Um, But he's a very well-known podcaster, and uh, he's kind of known as a coach in podcasting, in the podcasting space. His name is Dave Jackson. And he's the host of uh, School of Podcasting at schoolofpodcasting.com. And he also hosts a live show every Saturday morning on uh, on Spreaker called Ask the Podcast
1: Coach. Um, So what time does that show air every Saturday morning? It's uh, 1030 Eastern Standard Time, which most people say, I can't get up that early. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But we still have a lot of people listening. That's the fun part. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Dave, welcome to the show. Rob thanks for having me looking forward to this it's always uh, you know we you and I had a lot of fun in Vegas earlier this year so it's anytime we get to hang out with Rob it's always a good time
0: yeah it's always fun and uh, you've been around the space a long time we've known each other a long time and uh, so why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, you know some of the stuff you're doing in the podcasting space today and you know I know we mentioned your your two shows that you're doing but I'm I I'm sure you do a bunch of other stuff too and then the, the whole new media expo too
1: Sure. I've uh, been around, like you said, I've been doing this a while. Started back in 2005 is uh, when I launched the School of Podcasting. And um, my background is actually in teaching. So I love podcasting because I can uh, kind of scratch all my itches. It's creative. It allows me to teach people. And then it's, I can get my geek on with all the, the microphones and the technology. But yeah, my, my two main shows for, for podcasting are Ask the Podcast Coach and, and the School of Podcasting. I also do one. I, uh, <clears throat> I wrote a book a couple of years ago, called more podcast money because people kept waiting for sponsors, and I'm like, you know, there are other ways to make money with your podcast. So I do a, a companion podcast for for the book called More Podcast Money, and then I do a bunch of other shows just about um, technology. I have one called Weekly Web Tools. It's all about WordPress and building your website. Uh, I'm supposed to be trying to lose weight. I'm just failing miserably at it. But I do a, a show called uh, The Logical Weight Loss Podcast. So. Uh, pretty much, I took all of my passions that I have, all my hobbies, and I turned them into podcast over the years. Yeah, I guess
0: that's a good path to go. That's the, that's that's the foundation of podcasting. Really, is <laughs> podcasting your passions? Right? We've always, you know, been saying that for years and years.
1: Yeah, I'm and. Sure. and- it's always fun. You'll you'll try a couple, and if it you'll know pretty soon if it's just not going to work. I did one where my background's in besides teaching. I, I like uh, I've always been involved with customer service, and I actually had a a show called the Customer Service Show, and I made about four episodes, and I just was like, uh, this is just me complaining, and I was like, all right, so I put one put that one to bed. But um, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. The the running gag is, you know, when Dave's not podcasting, and then it's like, well, wait a minute, Dave's always podcasting. So <laughs> That's
0: what I was going to say, yeah. I think you're a serial <laughs> podcaster. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Clearly, clearly. Well, I am too. I've been doing this for, what, coming up on 11 years now myself, just in the podcasting area. So it's been a long time. Well, this show can be found on the, the web if you want to get a shortcut to it, if you want to get to to the page at Spreaker.com. Just go to SpreakerLiveShow.com. That's Spreaker Live Show all run together as one word. Uh, it's, uh, it's a it's a much easier way to get get to the show than to go to the uh, the slash slash you know, name that's that's currently pointing to it right now. So so anyway, Dave, let's uh, let's cover a little bit of uh, what we're going to talk about this in this episode. So uh, a survey came out um, of serial listeners. That's the podcast serial uh, that shed some light on podcast effect um, that that series had. And the Edison Research folks uh, have put out a uh, a new study, and they examine kind of audience attributes, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and will terrestrial radio be around in 10 years? And will, you know, is there a potential that on-demand audio will replace it? So we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to speak to... What should you do to make sure your podcast is available in cars? I think it's an interesting question, and um, we're, we're going to really deep dive into that. And we're going to also talk about, I know Dave has a little bit uh, deeper context on this, is is there a clamor effect or not? So uh, there's a, a little app out there that's causing a little stir in the podcasting space, and I'm just wondering if it's really as effective as uh, people think it is, so.
1: A lot of good stuff.
0: Yes, it is, a lot lots of stuff to cover. Um, this show is focused on offering news, tips, and advice, and expert guests to shed some light on things that are important in creating a successful audio show on Spreaker or really any other platform. So this show airs at uh, every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. Eastern, and we're now on Stitcher. So I'm I'm working my way, just like any other podcaster is out there, trying to get this show distributed on all of the platforms out there and uh, making progress and if you want to send any questions or comments to us that we will talk about on the show uh, send it to podcast at spreaker.com or you can send it to twitter uh, and just use the hashtag spreaker live and just in the uh, the twitter address for spreaker is just at spreaker and if you have a tech support question you can send it to support at spreaker.com and if you just want to send me an email just saying hi, or uh if you have any specific questions for me, just send me an email. I'm at rob at spreaker dot com. So well, David, let's jump in. Some quick podcasting news this week. Uh cycling news teams up with Eurosport for two thousand fifteen Tour de France podcast. And and I guess the Tour de France um starts on july 4th i was going to play a little audio clip from the very beginning of that uh podcast so Mm -hmm. so everybody could hear kind of what that that show's all about so i'm going to play that right now
1: coming this july get all the latest from the biggest race of the year
2: with the cycling news tour de france podcast featuring exclusive interviews and expert analysis from the writers at cyclingnews.com the world center of cycling
1: From Utrecht to Paris, tune in daily as we take a look back at the day's action and get the latest reaction from inside the peloton. The
0: cycling news Tour de France. So that's an interesting series. I know that there's other podcasts out there that uh, that are about the Tour de France, but uh, this one appears to be a you know a fairly big name one from uh, Cycling News, and they're going to have, I guess, day to day complete uh, coverage of what's happening uh, at that event. So. So, David, do you follow the Tour de France at all?
1: You know, I just know of it from, you know, the fact when uh, Lance Armstrong kept winning it every year, that always pushed it back into the news. And then, of course, when he had his troubles, it pushed it back into the news. And so I just know it's a, you know, it's a huge thing, uh, especially in in Europe and obviously in France and things of that nature. But uh, it's great to hear, you know, that. A podcast is now covering that because it's kind of goes back to you know a kind of a niche topic. So, and now that you're going to be getting daily updates because you know depending on where you're at, you know in different parts of the world it's a different you know it might be a, a bigger sport. Well, what if it's big to you but you don't live in one of those countries? Well, now you can tune into the podcast and get that coverage.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure it's going to be covered on television too. So it's it's probably going to have plenty of coverage. But this would be a way that you can keep up with it and not have to spend all your time watching the TV. So hey, yeah. um there's a new network that uh, launched on Spreaker this this past week and it's called Cannabis Radio Network. Um and it's at cannabisradio.com. And I was going to play a clip from this uh this is kind of like a hot trend that's happening across the country right now where uh, cannabis is getting legalized in states uh, more and more across the country so this this network of shows is trying to give some context and some perspective to kind of the legal marijuana market so i was going to play a little uh snippet from one of their their, their best podcasts just so everybody could kind of kind of get a f- feeling for what these uh, the shows from this network sound like
1: setting fire to the stoner stereotype
2: Sparking up candid conversations with cannabis researchers, entrepreneurs, and advocates. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. CannabisRadio.com presents a no holds barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Please welcome the host of Burning Issues, Dr. Mitch Earlywine. Hey, I'm Dr.
0: Mitch
3: Earlywine. Thanks for joining me on Burning Issues. As many of you know, I'm Professor of Psychology and Director of Clinical Training at the University of Albany. I'm the author of the book, Understanding Marijuana,
1: published by Oxford University Press. I write the Ask Dr. Mitch column for High Times, and I also serve as Chair of the Executive Board for the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Today, bright young investigator Mallory Locke. Law- discuss the very first publication
3: on dabs and we'll also have our segment called self-compassion and the art of activism so here she is joining us from the
0: yeah i think it's it's really an interesting uh topic and i think there's more and more podcasts starting to come out uh about the cannabis you know industry as it seems to to roll out across the country david what's your thought i know in your part of the country it's not not quite legal yet
1: no, and I've had uh, some people at the School of Podcasting that have have come on board and started shows about cannabis. And it's, you know, it's one of those things as it becomes more and more legal, it's it's turning into an industry. Yeah. And so you have those people that are positioning themselves with a podcast, you know, as the expert and as the go-to person. And so now they've got their own network, which is just, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner in a way. And uh, I love the fact that it's called the burning, what was it, the burning, uh the Burning oh. Issues podcast, yeah, Burning Issues. Yeah. That was pretty funny, and uh, so to me, I love the fact that obviously they take cannabis very seriously, but they don't take themselves too seriously. So I was like, "Well, that sounds pretty <laughs> cool." And then the fact that you know the guy's a doctor and, and, and he's, know, he's got putting lot, all his, he's got a lot of credits. To yeah, his name, he's got so. a, got a lot of credentials. I know. They're,
0: they're, I mean, I live in Seattle, so this state it's legal. It's been legal for for quite a few months now. So it's it's not like the that the state's burning down with, you know, drug addicts or anything like that. So things are, uh, things are still pretty good here. So, um, it's not a, you know, I think it's, it's not as big of an issue as people realize it is. Uh, there's a lot of people incarcerated for marijuana possession that could be, uh, let go. It's costing the government a lot of money. Yeah. So, so it it's, uh, it hasn't caused any kind of social crisis. I'll just put it to you that way from what I've seen here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and it's it's just one of those ways, again, to kind of rally the tribe, you know, and in some cases, uh, that community is going to, you know, keep up to date on everything that's going on there as well as, you know, any kind of laws or any kind of injustice that they could maybe rise up and, and reach out against and stop stuff like that. So it's interesting. I, I love to see anything like this where it's just a, a built-in community and something yeah. to rally around. And uh, I love the energy of the intro. I thought that was pretty cool. So uh yeah. Uh, uh, it's, it's not my cup of tea, but I, I was like, all right, I, I might listen to that, you know, <laughs>
0: so. get a, get a little cannabis education there. Yeah. Um, can
1: I get a Can I get a contact buzz by
0: listening? Is that all Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's about all you're going to get out of it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, they, the people that are behind this are the same people that created a, it's a long time online radio network called, uh, webmaster radio. Uh, which, oh, okay. yeah, it's the same people that are behind it. Um, and the the founder and the owner of it I've known her for years and years and years she's been in the online r- radio business for years and and what brought it to attention for her is that she had a mom that uh that really got a lot of benefit out of cannabis you know on mm-hmm. the on, on the medical side so she wanted to help help other people and that's that's part of what she's doing
1: here so interesting, well, see that right there again gives more credibility. I used to love webmaster radio. The thing was weird. I listened to their shows for the commercials, yeah because <laughs> they had some really like technology that I never heard of that were that was advertising on their shows so um, yeah even more reason to maybe give this one a listen.
0: yeah, I think well, they 've got a long history i mean they 've been doing this stuff as almost as long as I have, so as far as this online creating shows and platforms and and um, and get, getting it out. Actually, I think most of what they did was on, on the streaming side for many years. Uh,
1: and then podcasting started up, and they've been doing that as well. But, and the uh, the only tricky part, in in case you're wondering, cannabis has two N's. C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S radio dot com. Correct. Thank you for clarifying that, Dave. Because I looked up, and I'm like, really? Two N's? I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: Well, you know,
1: one N is not enough.
0: That's all I can say. So... The next uh, kind of quick thing that I wanted to mention too is the WNYC folks, uh, that's the the podcast network or the public radio network back in New York City has uh, launched a podcast accelerator program and this is a uh, program it's like a contest it's like uh, you can submit some ideas for a show it's basically what they're trying to do is is uh, is kind of harvest some good talent and get some new shows for WNYC and they're they're creating this contest Um, that's going on they're looking for five finalists that will be paired with a producer and mentor and training and and helping with their with their production and things like that so they're they're doing this um, off of their website and I'll put a link to the the application page that they they have but they they have a pretty extensive criteria and you have to really have a a good handle on uh, what kind of show you want to create for them and kind of have your ducks in a row, you
1: know? So, um, yeah, so- if you're the person that likes to, uh, just turn on a microphone and, and it, this is, this is not the way to go. I know they're really into the things like, uh, storylines and storytelling and character development. And, you know, obviously the sound, all those WNYC shows, you know, they always have the <laughs> the great production with the music and, um, they have a great way of just setting the mood and, um, uh, so it'll be interesting because they're going to, that's, I, from what I understand, the mentor is going to kind of help you with that, basically yeah. how to, you know, you have a story, but there are ways that you can can pitch that in many different ways, and they're going to help you figure out the best way to, uh, to present it.
0: Yeah. So they're going to have um, finalists, the five finalists are going to present on September 25th in Los Angeles uh, as part of the 2015 Online News Association Conference, which is the largest gathering of digital journalists. And the, each of the panelists or each of the finalists are going to be judged by the, by a panel at that event, uh, and then if any of them wins. One thing that was really interesting, though, as you look at the uh, the application page. The questions that, are, that that they have on there are are probably good questions for any um, new potential podcast to ask themselves and to answer. Right? Um, I don't know, Dave, if you saw that list, um, but. But one of them that they ask you to, to answer is, uh, what's the one-line you know, pitch for your show? It's like an elevator pitch. It's almost like the same thing that happens with startup technology companies, right? It's what's your 15-second what's your pitch for what the show's about, right? Uh, who's the intended audience, think about that, yeah. right? What are the main features or elements of the show, right? What are the, the pieces of it, right? Just like with this show, I, I have very distinct sections and and there's a different, there's definitely a production flow to it. Um, but not every show has to be that. I, I do a show every Saturday and I know Dave, you kind of do one too, that's just kind of free flowing. Um, I think there's a place for both. Um, and then um, what, does the show sound like and feel like i mean what's the feel of it i mean because really what they're trying to create here and public radio is very much into this is what kind of emotion are they creating right what's the audience reaction right what's the it's kind of a lot of what hollywood does when they create a movie or a tv show, is that they, they want to have the the highs and the lows of emotion and that's part of what they're asking for here too and um are there any competitive or comparable shows, and what experiences and skills do you bring to the project and they also want to know a sample of your work if you can submit some audio video or some text and if you have a host um, that you have with you,
1: you need to submit some information about them as well. but I thought it was interesting, yeah, those are great questions because especially the who 's the intended audience and because without if you don 't know who you 're talking to then you know, how are you going to pick what to say and how to tell the story and that whole nine yards? So, yeah, that's that's a great list of questions for anybody, whether you want to get into this contest or not, uh, just to kind of step back and maybe do a little self-assessment on your own show.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll make sure that those are the, those questions are linked to off of the show notes for the show. So if you wanted to go back and, like, maybe cut and paste those out of that document and you know try and answer themselves for your own show you'll be able to do that um so well david let's let's share some podcasting tips uh and and topics that happened this week um you know and some questions i mean there's a lot to talk about here but uh, there's a survey that came out uh, about serial that shed some light on um, that podcast effect potentially on the the podcast space in general i think it clearly Serial had a big uh, media impact. Uh I think that's translated into, you know, some growth in overall listeners to podcasts just in general, not just to to Serial. And what this research uh, it basically came out of a a survey that was sent out to Serial's 137,000 newsletter subscribers and is based on a statistically representative sample of 6300 responses. So that was a good that was a good number of responses. So I think the the data that they got out of it was probably pretty relevant. Uh, and Serial did change the way people think about podcasts and and how much they listen to podcasts. Almost a, a quarter twenty three percent of subscribers said Serial was the first pro- podcast they had ever listened to, which is that's getting new people in, right? Um, yeah, and, absolutely. And we're talking about millions of. Of Downloads, so those are big numbers, and almost all those first time listeners ninety percent said it changed the way they think about podcasts, so I can see that i don
1: 't know yeah it was i mean if you 've never listened to the show, definitely go check it out because uh it was just such compelling content when we talk about you know storytelling and setting the mood and things of that nature it was uh it was one of the podcasts that the minute a new episode came out that was you know i would just jump right to the front of the line and and listen to it so yeah it's great that um you know number one that this was the first impression for some people on in one hand you kind of go wow that kind of sets the bar kind of (laughs) high you know when they listen to the second podcast but um it, it is interesting that uh it, it made people change the way they think about podcasts. That's great to hear.
0: Yeah, and then almost uh, all or eighty nine percent of the first time listeners were inspired to try more podcasts. So, uh, you know, it's that whole thing that is kind of coming. We're, we're going to talk about the the Edison research a little bit of how once you get somebody addicted to podcasts, they go all in, right? They get <laughs> they go. It's almost like you know getting addicted to uh, you know a drug or something like that. They get you know you can't get enough, right?
1: Yeah, I had the uh, joy last week of, uh, I was talking to somebody who's really into the game Magic, um, It's some sort of card game, and I guess you you trade these things, and, and I, he was talking, he's like, you're the podcast guy, right? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, w- "What what is it again? And I said, what are you into? And he said, oh, I, I, I love this game, and just went into the podcast app and did a quick search, and the fact that there were, like, multiple shows about that, he was like, you are kidding me, and I hit play and it started playing, they were talking about the game, he's like, this is awesome! So, it's that thing, once you once you get somebody you know the first the first podcast is free you know actually most of them are free but it's, it's yeah it he was just amazed that he he didn't know that was available so yep. uh it's awesome when you once you get people over that first uh and then he saw how easy it was to subscribe you know game over
0: <laughs> yeah exactly well and i think we had that same effect that came out of the the mark marin and president obama interview that happened last week I, I i'm sure if they did a survey of the
1: people that listen
0: um listen to that. would probably be a similar
1: kind of breakdown to what Serial did, I would
0: think. Uh,
1: yeah, and I I know they always say that all boats rise in, in high tides, right? Is that how that phrase goes? Yes. Something like that. And I know, uh, you know, they said that approximately, uh, what, 49% are now of those people that previously had not listened to a podcast are now listening to podcasts on a weekly basis. Yeah. So not just listening to podcasts on a weekly basis. So that's that's awesome. So it's like you said, we, we've we've fished them in now. <laughs> you're, you're one of us. <laughs> yes, you can't get away.
0: We have yeah. you hook, line, and sinker. Yes. Um. Yeah. It, so that that's a good that's a good lead into talking about the the Edison research that came out this week. Tom Tom Webster, who um, you know Dave and I know know well, has been around the podcasting space for a long time. He did a kind of like a webcast webinar um on june 25th and and shared his new infinite dial uh 2015 survey and there were some interesting things that came out of that i think uh, s- some of them toward the end of uh, of that uh, were a little controversial in the space today but uh let's let's quickly run through kind of kind of what the what came out of this thing the podcast consumption continues to steadily climb just no big surprise there that the podcast usage and listening is not uh, like a hockey stick growth, but it's continuing to go up, which is a good sign because broadcast radio is continuing to go down, <laughs> and and at some point, those two shall intersect, and that's yeah. going to be a very interesting day when that happens, or a week yeah. or a year. I'm not quite sure, um, but but it's clearly going to happen. I, I don't know if radio is going to plateau or a podcast is gonna plateau at some point uh, or they're just gonna continue their steady march towards their ultimate marriage um, I don't know uh, and then the 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 awareness though of the term podcast has stalled so of course th- there's nothing new about that either that's been going on for like four years
1: now yeah I mean it's we're kind of happy that it's it, I think it's up to what 33% now or something no yeah, I forget what the number was, but it's better yeah, than I it was like 10 that. years ago. Yeah. yeah. And uh but yeah, that was one it was kind of like, ah, oh, all right, I'd like to see it grow a little more, but uh um you know, yeah. on the other hand, the um the demographics of the of the actual podcast consumer, uh, and this was I was surprised. And it said um they were now it was pretty much 50-50 male and female. Yeah. That was pretty and, amazing actually the more you think about it. And I I think that's probably I heard at uh, New Media Expo that I think it was twelve uh, percent, and I'm not sure how they they came about this number, but twelve percent of the of podcasters are women. Because when it first came out, it was just completely male dominated. Oh, yeah, it was
0: all guys, yeah. And totally.
1: and so now the the women podcasters are slowly that, that number is growing, and I think that could be maybe part of it. The fact that now that we're starting to get more women involved in podcasting, we're starting that's attracting more female listeners.
0: No, I agree 100%. I mean, I've been saying this for years. We need to get more female podcasters. That's the way to get that audience in there. Um, And then also just to get um, better content. I think women are are attracted to content that is of their interest. Um, And I think that that's always an important thing too. And and women will bring that, probably that interest. Though women actually bring uh, male listeners as well. Um, So I, I think that there's a double benefit there. Um, but, but podcast listening is strong in the 18 to 44 age range, which makes sense to me. It's probably a little bit leans a little bit more towards the 44 side than the 18 side, but Ryan, (laughs) yeah, um, would be my, my guess. Um, podcast consumers are affluent and well-educated. Of course, we've known that for a long time. Uh, but that's, that's good news for sponsors and advertisers, I would say. And people who listen to podcasts are more likely to take digital media with them in the car, which we're going to talk a little bit about later.
1: Absolutely. That's, that's really where I think radio lives right now. You know, I don't know anybody that's listening to radio in their house. It's, it's in the car, and slowly podcasting is creeping up <laughs> on that territory.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. It's, it's going to become a big factor here soon. Um, um, podcast customers or consumers exhibit strong social. It's it's like uh, social networking uh, behavior, uh, and also follow brands. So I think uh, I think that's an interesting finding. I have a hard time with that a little bit on the brand side because um, they're affluent and well educated. Um, those two to me don't necessarily necessarily go together. I don't know what you think about that.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was interesting that they said podcast listeners. Are on social media multiple times per day, and I was like, I think that goes to the fact that so many people are consuming podcasts on their phone. Yeah, that you know we're right next door to the the Twitter app and the Facebook app, so um, I wasn't really surprised. But when you think about it, the multiple times it's it's just it shows a nice little snapshot of society at this point.
0: Yes, it does exactly. and I'm going to have the, a, a URL link to this study on, in the show notes so you'll be able to get access to, to read the, or actually listen to the whole presentation that Tom Webster gave on this. Uh, and if you just wanted to go to it uh, right now, you can go to the edisonresearch.com site, um, and I'm sure there's a link to it right off of the front page. Um, but, David, will Terrestrial Radio be around in 10 years, do you think?
1: You know, it's interesting because – I know in Europe I heard where they're starting to shut down or, or they're putting in plans in place to shut down the FM frequencies.
0: Yeah, I think it's in Norway I think is where that, that
1: announcement yeah. came out. And when I heard that, I was like, really? And so on one hand, I can kind of go, well, there's no way uh, because I think back to like when the VCR came out, everybody was like, oh, that's it. The movie theaters are dead, you know, and meanwhile, we're setting new box office records every year, um, you know, and and different things have come out that have always said, oh, well, this is going to kill, you know, satellite radio is going to take over. And I I don't know. I think it'll always have a place. But it it is going to be interesting as more and more technology, you know, I see the the car commercials now where you have Wi-Fi built into the car. And I I think I read somewhere where OnStar Mm -hmm. is going to somehow work on getting, because I'm always like, well, that's going to be burning up the bandwidth on my phone. But there might be services that, you know, you basically have another service giving you the Wi-Fi in the car. And that's when I'm like, if I have a choice of listening to a podcast or listening to, you know, the same 40 songs that I heard last week, it'll be interesting. I know here in uh, Cleveland where I live, we lost uh, – it was a, a, like a harder rock station, and they replaced it with sports. Yeah. You know, they went talk radio, and I was like, it, it'll be interesting. And I think what will be fun to watch uh, will be the AM radio yeah because because that's been we've all we've all been saying oh that's that's over, you know who would want to listen to a m and yet it's still here yeah so uh, I'll be what do you think well,
0: I think there's a couple of things going on i i mean if you look at uh, the just the the frequency um just from a technology perspective um mm-hmm. of f m and a m radio those those frequencies can be potentially repurposed for digital transmission. Um, and I'm not sure a lot of people realize that, but the, those are frequencies that could be used for wireless data communications. And and on the FM band, oftentimes there are secondary channels that are delivered through that on, on a digital broadcast. Um, so you have other uses for terrestrial radio that could be deployed. At one point, I, I remember... Covering on my own uh, in my old radio show, that I used to do um, the potential of radio stations becoming wireless transmitters of data, um, which means it could be almost a competitive thing to, you know, AT and T or Verizon or any of these um, wireless operators because they there's enough um, spectrum there to to do that. They're probably not going to now because of the dominance, but. Right. Uh, but it is interesting to th- to think about how that frequency could be used in the future differently. Um, and, and terrestrial radio is clearly on the, the decline. You know, I, if you just look at the, the charting patterns we talked about earlier in the show uh, it's trending down. And, and as you think about, technology and how apps are becoming integrated into vehicles more and more. Um Stitcher's gonna talk about that a little bit later and Brian Cooley from from CNET I'm gonna play some clips from, from those folks on the on this topic and I just don't I think Terrestrial Radio's got a doesn't have much of a future, just kinda like newspapers and magazines.
1: Um, yeah it it it's interesting. I I part of me wants to see what happens when the old guard you know, the, some of the guys that are, I don't know what the average age of a radio exec is these days. But you would think that 60s. eventually they're. Yeah. So when those guys, when the old guard moves out and people that are now in their 30s who have grown up maybe a little more with apps and, you know, might have a little better understanding of, you know, what people are actually saying about their industry and not just doing things this way because that's the way we've always done it. Yeah. You know, they might have a shot. I know um, you mentioned the digital channels. I happen to accidentally hit scan on my radio one night and um, one of the stations here in Cleveland that is it's just your typical oh my gosh they're playing AC/DC again and all of a sudden this music came on and I'm like I've never heard this song and then another song came on and I was like what station is this well it was the main station it was just their like you know point two or, or it was a digital version of that and I was like well if they did this on the regular channel I actually might listen but I think they do that because they realize nobody's listening to that band <laughs> so. yeah, yeah exactly
0: exactly <laughs> So, so anyway, um, we should probably roll into talking about uh, what should you do to make sure your podcast is available in cars and i think it's a it's a good kind of lead off question to the, the the disappearing terrestrial radio one um, is it you know how do people generally get uh podcast content into their cars. And, and there's a bunch of different ways they can do it. I know probably most people listening to this probably know these. You know, you just get a mini jack and plug it into your, your headphone out on your phone. Or you can do it via a USB connection. Some cars support that. Some don't. Uh, there's Bluetooth. And then there's the good old cassette tape that uh, oh, has, yeah. has a wire coming out of the back of it that uh, you can plug into. So if you don't have a digital... You know, stereo that you have a you know a aux out or something like that, or a you know a a plug you know headphone jack or something like yeah. that. Uh, then I think do there's that.
1: the uh, remember the old uh, FM transmitter. You yes. plug it in. Those never worked though. No, they were awful. <laughs> <laughs> It'd so, be great, and if you were driving long distance, like that station would like all of a sudden a real station would come in on the frequency you were tuned into, and oh, I was yeah. the volume was always really really soft. Ugh. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think yeah, I it's, know, oh, go, go ahead. Well, for me, I just love the fact I bought a, a Toyota Prius um, earlier this year, and I just get in my car now, and it just if my if I was listening to a podcast, which of course I'm listening to a podcast, of the minute I get the morning, the minute I get in the car, it just comes in over the Bluetooth.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I don't have to do a thing. Yeah, I think more and more people are are, are getting it that way. Um, that 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 is for sure. And and you know, if you're a podcaster, you probably want to. Um, Make sure that you're in the Stitcher Deezer catalog Uh, over time. Hopefully, we'll all be able to get into Spotify. And then Apple's uh, podcast app, you need to obviously be in that because that's going to be part of CarPlay, which is going to be deployed more and more. And then uh, this is a little bit of a controversial thing I'm going to mention here is that there there is a significant rumor flying around right now that uh, there is an Android uh, Google podcasting app coming um, really? Yes, and it's now, wh- now it, is that um, a- maybe coming primarily for the reason of
1: Android Auto? Hmm.
0: Which is, so
1: this isn't because I've heard rumors that Apple was trying to get their podcast app on the Android platform. Yes, is that is that is that what you're talking about here? No, no, I'm talking about um, an actual Google app, Google from app. Google. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So well, that would be good. It's it's boys that need it needed. Holy yeah. cow! Yeah, exactly.
0: And and so I was going to play a. A little bit of a clip um, from – since we're going to go along with this this show today anyway. I thought I would play a little clip of uh, some comments. It was just a couple minutes long of Noah Shannock, uh, who is the former CEO of Stitcher. And he's talking to Adam Sachs, who's the, the um, CEO of Midroll Media down in Los Angeles. They were talking about um, uh, Stitcher in the car and uh, what's coming with that. And I, I was going to play just a couple minutes – clip from an interview that those two had so i was going to play that right now
3: time to talk about the car Um, you know most of us i think in the podcast industry are excited about this idea of the connected dashboard better internet connectivity in cars Um, and stitcher was really a pioneer in this area how did how did that whole thing come about yeah. So for for us, we, we basically bet on on two things happening um, in order for us to be successful. One was uh, for there truly to be a mobile internet, um, and 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 with um you know with the the invention of the iPhone, uh, there became one. And the second was um, that there would be um, automotive connectivity and integration, uh, and that this would uh, because you really need to to to, to pipe. Um, the internet into the car fit like you know i think it 's over fifty percent of radio listening is in the car and and t- talk radio particularly um is popular in the car or all, all of morning radio um ba- basically uh, is you know that that 's when people want their information mm-hmm. when when they 're in their car on their way to work so we always um, we always saw that as an as an end game the dam broke um, and mm-hmm. uh it became like you know. More about how many of these integrations can we actually do with our with our with our limited resources. And so, who do you have? You have Ford, and who else? Wow. So now we have Ford, GM, BMW, um, Mazda, Volvo, um, Subaru. I, I think it would be better to list the ones that we don't have because <laughs> we cause we, uh, we have uh, we have a lot. Jaguar, Jaguar Land Rover. So if I if I buy a Subaru next year, I'm going to have Stitcher uh, in in the dashboard. Yes, um, and, and each one of the integrations, it's amazing. If you look at the first-generation Ford, Ford integration, it was, um, you know, like uh like LCD-like screen and very kind of a, 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 a really kludgy first-generation. You have to be like a hardcore <laughs> early adopter to, 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 to make this thing work. Uh-huh. Um, all. You know, and then if you follow that evolution, but again, I mean, that was the first time that there was an Internet connection in the car. So, you know, huge kudos to Ford for being um, the the, the first one out there with it. More um, where uh, the the Internet connection is piped directly into the car um, and, uh, you know, and everything's um, on the dashboard. But it's still, you know, it's still a ways it's still not as easy to use in the car as terrestrial radio. Um, and until it is, we're going to continue to, to need to push the envelope on it, um, to, 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 get this thing to be mainstream. And are people using it in, you know, in any, uh, material numbers now? so on a on a percentage growth basis um the 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 numbers are really good it's like you know triple digit growth um double or triple digit growth monthly in terms of the number of activations Mm -hmm. um but the absolute number is still small yeah so so um definitely a long way to go but 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 very much moving in the right direction
0: yeah i thought that that was a really interesting conversation that I wanted to play about you know how how kind of ubiquitous stitcher is in getting their their app in vehicles and I think it speaks a lot to what's uh what's happening and how i think a m f m is going to wind up being an app in the car that's going to yeah. sit at the at the bottom of the list of optional entertainment um things in the car. So I clearly think that's happening, and I wanted to give some attribution here. That's the that's from the Wolf Den podcast, uh, and it's it's hosted by the uh, Midroll CEO Adam Sachs, who's a great guy. He's he's doing uh, doing a lot of deep conversations with a lot of leading podcasters in the podcasting space. And I've known Adam for uh, for about I don't know about four or five months now because he hasn't been CEO of Midroll for very long. Uh, but 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 he was with them for a very long time, and then uh, Noah Shonak, who's who is a longtime CEO of Stitcher, um, is now no longer the CEO because um, Stitcher is now owned by by Deezer. So anyway, want to give a little context. Is there any thoughts that you have, Dave, on on what you just heard?
1: Uh, it's just great to hear. You know that I didn't realize it was that many cars. I know um, Todd Cochran put out a blog post saying that I think it's fourteen models. Of Chevy are going to have uh, that kind of capability, and so it's not you know the Mercedes Benz, the BMWs. It's it's cars that people actually can afford and, and drive. Yeah. And are not going to have this technology, so it's exciting. Yeah, it it's, is. No, we're I creeping it, in on that on their turf.
0: Yeah, we're we're, we're making inroads into an area that um, we've only dreamed about doing. Um it's people can still do this in the car right now. It's just that the research that I've heard about, and I and I know. You know I used to work at Microsoft, and Microsoft did a lot of research about in car entertainment and I saw some research that came out showing that uh when apps um run in the car and have a data connection directly the the um the capabilities of that are far surpassed just doing it off of a phone so you know this concept of of having it work in your car by picking up your phone and touching the screen. Uh, is not the experience that that people really want, and nor is it safe. So I think there needs to be a lot more intelligence that's built into the vehicle itself. And also the voice activation part, too, uh, needs to get a lot better. You start thinking about Siri and Cortana and, and these Google Voice um, type of applications that can that can help you navigate um, just by spoken word. And, and they, these apps will actually know that you're getting into the car. Just like what you were saying earlier, David, about how you get in the car and the Bluetooth connects and it starts playing, right? It's yeah. that kind of intelligence is what we need to get consumption up.
1: Yeah, the uh the touch screen especially. I, I remember when I first had satellite radio, I can't tell you the number of times I almost rear-ended somebody because I was playing with the display.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just so, not safe, man. Nah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so
0: So uh one w- one last clip um uh Brian Cooley uh who hosts a a video podcast called On Cars uh did a little clip quick uh, kind of um uh, verbal kind of introduction to Android Auto, and I thought it was kind of interesting. And so I was going to play a, a little clip from that of him describing his experience with um, Android Auto, which uh, I think at some point it's going to have podcasts. It actually already has Stitcher, or I think it has Stitcher and TuneIn. Uh, I, I believe it's already integrated into the car, and I'm sure Spotify and Pandora are going to be in there too. But let me play this clip for you. And so everybody can hear um, Brian talk about
2: Android Auto. Here's how we go into the future. This new Sonata has the first production rollout of Android Auto in an affordable car. It all starts down here. You cable your Android phone into the system, as if you were going to charge it, let's say. It's not wireless right now. Then you lose the phone. Look up here on the dash. That icon just changed to Android Auto. When you press that you're about to enter the world of your phone but on the dash for example right here your home screen if you will is kind of a google now look things you've done or looked at recently are relevant to where you are right now your round home button you recognize that from your phone your phone icon your nav icon here's music and here's a return to main screen if you get over here to navigation you recognize that interface that's google maps your google search box and this is live and connected through your phone Plus, the voice command to do that beautiful freeform search that we love, that goes through the steering wheel. AT&T Park, San Francisco.
1: Here is AT&T Park.
2: And, of course, the routing and traffic calculations, the same ones you have on your phone. But notice, it's not literally taking the whole screen and putting it there. It's artfully translating it to the automotive experience and limiting it to these main hits of apps. Calling is very straightforward. Again, touch to call. Nice big clear button interfaces as well to get things done on the touchscreen. Over here under music... It goes to your last streaming source from several on your phone. And if you want to get to other choices, it's got a drop down next to it. Here are some music services with more to come. Now, if you were listening to, say, radio before you hit Android Auto, it respects that and doesn't force you to suddenly switch to streaming.
3: Customers have told us that's what they want. So they want the phone experience. That's where where their life is in a lot of ways. Their music, their calendar, uh, the places they want to go, it's in their phone. So they bring that into the car, and they bring it in a way that minimizes driver distraction.
2: The beauty of this is that it lets you live with your phone the same way in the car as you do outside the car.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome how that all works, David, doesn't
1: it? It just sounds exciting. It's, it's, you know, push a button here, here it is. And I love the fact that it sounds like there's not a huge learning curve there. You know, it's the same kind of screens we've been seeing in yeah. in other apps and on the web and things of that nature.
0: Yeah, and it's, well, and also the whole voice activation thing I think is just gonna yeah. be huge. And as the intelligence of that, as the speed of the connection into the vehicle gets better and the processor speed of in in that car itself. And I think that's, that's another big thing that people don't realize is that I think what's happening here is that that car is gonna become like a rolling iPad you know it's going to have it's going to have like a you know who knows a you know comparable to an A8 processor or something like that so you're going to have capabilities in the car that uh, we've never had before um so i think it's it's going to be interesting but let's move on from that topic uh let's quickly run through um
1: was it, is there a clamor effect going on out there right now david i hope so it's uh it's an interesting app that it's been kind of described as twitter for audio yeah and it's a, it's a free app. Right now it's, on the, uh, it's an app for uh, the iPhone, iOS, so uh, an iPad and, and your iPhone. If you want to use it and you're on Android, they have a website. It's publisher.clamor.com. And Clamor, of course, has no E, so it's C-L-A-M-M-R.com. And it's really addicting. Uh, it's A lot of people are using it to promote their show. And there's a little bit of a social where you can share uh, different clamors with people and you can message each other back and forth. So it's a really interesting app. And uh, so the question is being like, okay, well – It takes maybe a minute or two to make a clamor, and you can schedule these out ahead of time. So a lot of people are are having fun with this, but is anybody listening? And um, when I look at – I'll pull up the clamor app as we're speaking here. But I noticed – I think it's odd because I do a a podcast. uh, It's called um, The Clamor Cast, and we count down the 20 most liked clamors because if you hear something, you can say, I like this. And every – I think it's once a week. They email you everything that you've liked, so you can go back and, and look at uh, those particular audio files and go back to the original ones. So if you want to hear it, it's kind of a way of almost like bookmarking audio. And um, so I looked at um, – I, I, one week I actually did a clamor about the clamor cast. It happened to be episode number three. And I noticed as I was kind of going through my own stuff that um, I didn't – I haven't been doing that every week. So, it was really just episode three. I think I'm on episode eight. And I noticed when I look in my stats, that's my most popular um, episode. And it's not huge numbers above the rest, but usually, as your audience grows, you know, the, the longer you get into podcasting, you get a bigger audience because people start telling their friends. And if I look at my last episode, let's go to the one before that. Yeah, it had 227 downloads. So, it's mm-hmm. a fairly new podcast. Episode three has 545 oh I see so it's it 's one of the yeah it 's like is it or not, and you were talking about the uh the wolf den uh, podcast, and um I need to to click play here real quick yeah i okay, this came out um, a couple days ago, and it 's already got one hundred and forty six plays, and nine people have liked it and it 's free you know it only takes a few minutes to make a clamor, and there 's all sorts of uh ways you can customize the app, so if you 're if you have a channel that you're listening to and there's always that one podcaster that comes on that you just hate, you can actually mute them from your channel. <laughs> so it's got tons of potential. And then you can actually make your own channel and put it, uh, you, there's like, you can get a widget. Uh, my my blog is davidjackson.org. And if you go there, you'll see, I have a, a widget for like Dave's latest clamors, And uh, I'm always copying things from, from your show with Todd and uh, all the other shows as well as my own. And, um, you know, so that's another way people are clicking on it, and even on that widget, people can say, "Click here to you know to hear more," or you can you can link to the audio. You can link to a, if it's a blog post. You can actually link if you use the publisher.clamor.com site. You can actually link right to your iTunes listing, so you can link to your you know your speaker page or whatever you want. And um, so at this point, it, it's it's fun, and like I say, the only thing that I've noticed. It just happened today. As I went, wait a minute. Why is episode number three, you know, more popular than my other ones? And and I just went. Now nah, I'm not saying it's conclusive evidence, but that's the only one I've made a clamor about. So, it makes you wonder. Yeah, I've
0: heard heard some people say that uh, they're not seeing a lot of conversions from clamors to people clicking on going to the full episode. So it's like the consumption pattern is more the 18 seconds, right? And. I, I don't think we've said that, but a clamor is eighteen seconds of audio, and yeah. there's some challenges with that too. Eighteen seconds um, is not much time in the context of a spoken word conversation, right? And yeah. it's a little bit of a challenge to find, you know, those those cut points, right? That that um, tell tell the story that you want to tell in eighteen seconds. I mean, I've I've done it. I've tried to do it many times too, and yeah. I find it still a little challenging to actually do that. But I can see the the purpose of it, and it seems to you know i've I've talked to the clamor team and I kind of communicate them. what you're gonna find I think over time is that this is like original content almost there's gonna be clamor shows that are gonna come out of this because people are not unlike doing what I'm doing with this show today is that they're taking clips from other shows right. Um, and, and playing them in my show and then giving context and editorial. It's kind of like what's been going on in kind of news coverage for years is that you play clips from reporters or you play, and then you talk about it, right? I mean, uh, and that's that's what the potential of Clamor is too, is, a, is an original content production platform. Um, so anyway, that's, I agree, it's a grand experiment right now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I know the, the app, It probably takes about two minutes, which doesn't sound like a long time, but when you're sitting, it's frustrating at times when you're trying to get the cutoff point to be just at a specific time. So that's where it's kind of nice that they have this web-based version because I know I've done a couple where I'll just make a specific recording just for Clamor to maybe promote my show. Rather than try to find that 18-second nugget, I will just make one. And, uh, you know, upload it and and go from that point. So it is, like you say, it's a grand experiment. It's it's fun to watch. And that's one of the things that I want to start doing is uh, putting links that I can track and see, okay, how many people actually, you know, clicked on this. And that will then help me decide, you know, if this is something I want to continue to pursue and, and you know, spend yeah. the time to make these things. But so far it seems great.
0: Hey, David, I tried to, um, you know, with this episode, uh, this is our fifth episode, I've been trying to get it. Down to like thirty minutes, um, yes, trying to cut cut back on the duration of it, and i can't seem to i'm I, i'm always at forty to fifty minutes i can 't seem to get away from that <laughs> well you so, had me on the show <laughs> i well it's it's it just uh you know I think it's a lesson to to learn is that i'm I like to share so much information and so much um, you know dive into topics really deeply and it's hard to yeah. do it in only twenty five minutes or thirty minutes. Um, you know, and try and cover a lot. I just have to cut back like half of the stuff I'm covering, but then I feel like I'm depriving the audience of
1: stuff I want to talk about. You know, then so. then you got to up your production schedule, and that's that's always fun finding more time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, David, thank you for coming
0: on. I'm gonna I'm gonna bow out on this episode, a- a- episode number five of the Spreaker Live Show, and I appreciate you you uh, joining me, David. Uh, what's well, the Best way for people to follow you. I know we've talked about your shows, but, uh, you know, like your Twitter address and yeah,
1: my, like my, that. Yeah, my Twitter is at Learn to Podcast, and my main website is School of Podcasting. If you want to see all my shows, go over to powerofpodcasting.com.
0: Great. great fantastic, David. I appreciate it. And if uh, if you want to reach out to me at all, send me an email, rob at spreaker.com. And like I said, we're in Stitcher, and uh, we're on uh iTunes or on Spreaker we're getting out there and spreading the word about this show too and if you want to send me a comment or a question send it to uh, podcast at spreaker.com or send it directly to me rob at spreaker.com or just send a tweet um, to Spreaker Live um, on the hashtag so thank you so much for listening and spending the 53 minutes with us um, that was supposed to be a 35 minute show. Um, I appreciate that, and uh, check back with us next Wednesday. We'll have another episode, um, episode six. And um, everybody, have a have a great uh, rest of your week, and uh, we'll see you soon.